Praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord today. And I thank you for your attention. Uh, today, I want to uh, say first off that the uh, Lord been dealing with me on this, and <clears throat> I struggled with it because I don't want to bore people, but the Lord's Word is true. And I don't want it to feel like it's overkill for anybody. I don't want it to feel like you're not included. But, I, you know, I pray and study, and I really try to seek the Lord and do His will for what He would have me to say because it's His Word, it's His guidelines, and I want to do uh, His will for sure. So I definitely feel like it's a word from the Lord. And Brother Bobby just walked all over this morning in Sunday school. So, I mean, he just, I can't, if I were to try to mention everything that he said, it just took me to the message. I mean, it would be doing Sunday school all over. I mean, it was just that close, you know, and in the worship and everything as it went. So I definitely feel like it's of the Lord and from the Lord, and he's been dealing with me on it. And so that's what I'm going to try to uh, to do this uh, on this today. And it definitely goes in line with uh, uh, our baptism that is going to take place here shortly. So, uh the scripture text that I'm going to uh, start out reading is, is one we all know, familiar with, uh, and it is Acts 2 and 38, and most of you probably don't have to look, but uh, that is where we will begin this morning, and it reads like this here, and it says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift, everybody say gift, of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. From there we're going to turn to Luke 24 and 47. And with Acts 2.38, it was Peter telling them what they must do to be saved. It was telling them, giving them the instructions set forth by God of the, of the new plan, if you will, to be taking place. And the reason for that is what we're going to read in Luke 24 and 47. And this is Jesus speaking here. He says, And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in His name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And He's re referring to the name of Jesus. That is the name of His repentance and uh, forgiveness of sin should be preached in is that name of Jesus. So let us pray this morning. Lord, we thank and praise you for this day, Lord, and the service we've had thus far. And right now, Lord Jesus, as we begin to minister your word, that is the truth. As for your understanding to come out of my mouth, Lord, for I truly honor your word. And I just give you praise and glory for it. Let it go forth to an understanding of your people, Lord Jesus, right now in your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You can be seated. So, praise the name of the Lord. Let me click myself. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. So, this morning, you might have gave the clue away by that first scripture, but we will be talking about the plan of salvation. God's plan of salvation. Our plans dictate everything that we do. There's not anything on a daily basis that we don't have a plan for. Everything from the time we get up, as we go through our day, we have plans or, po or policies that we, that we work by. 
there's certain certain ways we as human beings like to do things. We have uh, at work you have uh, policies that your employer guidelines that they expect you to go by, procedures they expect you to go by that you don't have a choice. That's their plan. It's their policy, and you adhere to it, or you pay the consequences. Right? You know, and. Uh, I know I like to always, I joke with uh, guys in my work because uh, men enjoy definitely having their own way of doing things, you know, just as human nature men, right? We just enjoy our, we, we think we're right, you know, we, our plan works and nobody else's does because when I'm working the dock and I'm moving freight up and down the dock and, you know, we, we like to say it's freight one-on-one, just basic, pick it up with a forklift, move it on down, but you'll be never fails. You'll be working to according to your plan or what you're thinking. It never fails. Somebody else is going to stop and say, why are you doing it that way? You know, why are you doing it that way? You need to do it this way. There's somebody else got a different plan, a different way of doing things. But I'm, I'm here to tell you today that there's one plan, there's one way that cannot be changed. It can't be altered in any way because it comes from God, and that's the plan of salvation. It's a plan of salvation it's, it's set forth by God that it can't be changed, it can't be interrupted, and you have to adhere to it or you'll have to answer to God for that when, he, when it's just His choosing to come back. It's just that simple. There's no other way. It's just that simple. It's God's plan. It's not man's plan. And we definitely don't want to be following man's plan. We're wound out out in a boonie somewhere. <laughs> but it is God's plan. Jesus fulfilled the law of Moses, by his death and resurrection. That's what he came to earth for, was to fulfill the law of Moses, and we're now under grace. And I want to read Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. Romans 6 and 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So Jesus had fulfilled the law of Moses. We are now under grace. That is how our salvation comes by us through the grace of Jesus. When we go to him and tell him that we're sorry for our sins, for our wrongdoing that we have done, we are under that grace. It's not under the law of Moses that they had in that day. They had their, they had their time before Jesus was crucified of the law of Moses, of the sacrifices that had to be done and had to be done to a T, exactly according to the word that God gave Moses on that uh, the uh, sacrifice, the, uh, the altar that had to be done, specific to the T of how they uh, did the sacrifice. And that was for their uh, atonement of their sins during their time, during that day. And uh, that goes into great detail, and it's, that would be very tough for a lot of us. That was a tough, the law of Moses was a, was a tough deal. You know, very t- and just for one example, a lot of you made like uh, rare meat. You could not eat that back then. You can't eat meat with blood in it. It had it had been well done. Just for an example, but that was definitely a different law of Moses, and that was for the atonement of the people during that time. We are not under that anymore. We are under God's grace, uh, as we as we read right there. So, b- because of grace, we all might be saved. Now, sin has to be dealt with. Now, uh, Peter said we had to repent. We had to ask forgiveness for our sins. Uh, because uh, Sins start with Adam, 
And so because of him, we have to answer for that because it transpired over time starting with Adam and we have to answer for it unless we're covered by the blood of Jesus. And sin is not a sickness. Sin is not a feeling. It is like a sickness that's inside of you. You can't help it. It's not your choice. When you were born, it was there. So you you have to address that sin that was in you from a time of your birth. From a time of your birth, you have to address that. You know, most sicknesses can be eradicated by doctors uh, through their through their treatment or through their help. You can get rid of it. Some may some may have survived cancer. Some may have survived broken bones in their body. Any a lot of different sicknesses and diseases can be eradicated and be done away with through that. But one thing it cannot be done away with by a doctor or anybody else is sin. And that sin, it will be there and it will just eat away at you. It will control a lot of things in your life, that sin being in you, unless you have a come to Jesus meeting with, with Jesus, you know. So that sin separates us from God. It, it, become, it becomes in between you and God. And as long as that is in you, you're not going to have that closeness with God. You have to answer for that sin and ask Him to rid it out of your life through the process of our plan of salvation of repenting. And so once you, once you come to that repentance and you ask God, God, forgive me my sin. I, re- I accept you as Lord and Savior. I know that you are the one that created the heavens and the earth. I know that you are my creator. I know I accept that, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins, of my wrongdoing. I want to do your will, Lord. I want to go on with the walk with you, Lord Jesus. And you ask that repentance of God and you mean it sincere in your heart. Then you can go on to getting baptized. And uh, we definitely believe in water baptism. There's no other way. Water baptism is... uh, uh, Maybe part two, as you might say it, after you've asked repentance to go and go down into, into the water and come up a new person. So in Acts in chapter eight, I want to uh, I want to read Acts chapter eight, verse thirty-seven, thirty-eight. All right, there it is. Let me go ahead because it helps me if I look at it on my own. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Acts 8, 37. Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the, into the water, and he baptized him. So what this is referring to right here is when Philip was... Uh, traveling and he was uh, he witnessed to the uh, Ethiopian treasurer uh the this uh, Ethiopian treasurer uh was with the uh, the king the uh, excuse me the queen of the Ethiopians he had charge of her mo- of uh, the treasury there and he was there reading this is according to uh to earlier in the scripture uh this man he was reading uh the uh, the reading of the prophet Isaiah and so Philip the spirit spoke to Philip and instructed him to go 
toward his chariot. So the Spirit already knew that this man was reading the Word, and he had a hard time understanding, and that was Philip was uh, there to help him understand it and understand it. So when this, uh, when this man, this eunuch, he accepted the Lord Jesus, and he said, what must I do? He said, we, you can be baptized. So they stood, the chariot stood still, and Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and that was my point to bring out is how they went down into the water and come back out. That, and that's what's important and essential is going down into the water. It's not just a little bit of a sprinkle or pouring a bucket on your head. There ain't no ice water challenge. It is going down into the water and coming back up completely in whole, holy submersion of that water. Now, there's uh, a good uh, reason for this process of being baptized. And in uh, Romans chapter 6, we're going to read 1 through 8. Romans 6, 1 through 8. This is a really good reason why baptism is so important. And, and uh, it begins reading like this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died in sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized unto his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So you're going down in that water, you're being baptized. It's like you're participating in the death of Jesus Christ on that cross. You are going down with that old man going down in that water and you're coming up in newness in life, a new walk in life. That is your participation in essence, if you will, look at it. Like you are dying out of that old man, just like Jesus had to die out. That old man of you is dying out, and you're coming back up in the newness of life. Yeah. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we should also live with Him. This was Paul talking to the Romans here, explaining the purpose of baptism. And wow, what a magnificent job he did of that. Explaining the purpose of baptism, of dying out of that old man and coming up a new man up out of that water. You're leaving all that life behind you behind. You're leaving all of that sin behind whether or not we feel like it was a small sin big sin whatever human nature put in your mind sin is sin you're born with sin in your life it's got to be eradicated once you accept jesus christ as your lord and savior and you believe on him you leave all that sin right back there in that baptismal pool and you don't take you don't drag it out with you when you come up you're leaving it behind and you're looking forward you're looking above to jesus you're saying thank you for dying on that cross lord Thank you for dying on the cross and taking care of this sin that's paid for for me that I ain't got to. You leave it there. Don't take it back, will you? 
Glory to His name. Don't take it back with you. Leave it there. Don't drag it around with you, always remembering on it. That's the worst thing about us as humans is our minds. We just think so much a lot of what we used to do or what we, what we have been, and it eats on you, eats on you. God said, I done took care of it. You done told me when the sincerity of heart... And forgave, I forgave you of that. Leave it behind. I don't know what you're looking at. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't worry about it. It's been taken care of. Glory to the name of the Lord. So don't worry about anything you've done in your past. You are work, walking in a newness of life with Christ. And He will take care of every need that you have from when you walk down and then come back up. He will, he will take care of every situation you will ever face and come against. He will definitely do that. And the one way He will do that is by the Holy Ghost. Glory to the name of the Lord. Receiving the Holy Ghost. John chapter 15 and verse 26. John 15 and 26. Familiar, Pat? I think, if I ain't mistaken, Brother Bobby did, had, had mentioned this as well this morning. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me. Talking about the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost comes, it's going to be that helper. That Holy Ghost is going to be what helps you get through because we as human beings can't do it. We cannot do it on our own. We have to have communion with the Holy Spirit day in and day out. Not just on Sunday, not just on a day like today where we come to church and we worship and praise. Every single day we should have communion with the Holy Ghost. We should have communion. We should wake up talking to the Lord. Wake up saying, thank you, Jesus, for waking up. Wait, thank you, Lord, for keeping me through the night. Lord Jesus, take care of my steps for me today. Lead me in a path that I must go today. Put someone in, in my path that I can help them, Lord. Always keep it on your mind. Uh, Brother Douglas uh, has a saying that uh, comes to mind here, and that is, you have to do it on purpose. And that is so true. You have to do it on purpose. You have to wake up thinking of God on purpose because human nature and flesh will pull you away from that. Right. It will pull you away. It doesn't want you to think that. So from the time you, if, you, if you're a person that turns on a TV uh, from when you get up or if you turn on a radio, if you ain't turning it on something that's good for you, good for your spirit, good uh, worship music or something, it's, there's going to be something that's going to deter you. And an example in my life is I had to get away from watching uh, the evening news. Um, it aggravated me, made me so upset. I did probably more fussing than I did listening. But I found that it was consuming me uh, by watching it. You know, it was just, I mean, it's like, okay, I got to turn it on tonight, see what kind of craziness they're talking about tonight. Because, I mean, I, I didn't believe in a lot of what they were saying. But it was something that was distracting me from what I should have been focusing on. So I had to just turn it up and give it. And you know what? I just accepted. They ain't telling me the whole truth. They're definitely not going to tell me things I want to hear. I don't know where the good news is in there. So I want to pick up the good news of the Lord Jesus and get the good news from that. Glory to the name of the Lord. The good, the good news of the Bible. When you read the Bible and ask for understanding, you'll get some good news out of that. You're thinking, wow. Bible times was a long time ago. We all understand that. But when you, re when you read and get understanding of the Word, their lives wasn't a whole lot different than ours. I mean, technology has changed, but they still went through things that we go through. They still did. They still did. So 
So, so receiving of the Holy Ghost is that helper that we need uh, to ensure our good daily walk with Christ. Um, I want to read Acts chapter 8 and verse 20. So I'm on Acts 8 and 20. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, in this, uh, in this part of Acts, uh, we have Philip and Peter, uh, uh, the apostles. Uh, they were, you know, they were preachers and instructing them, uh, the people, how to, uh, the plan of salvation, if you will. And uh, a man come out that was a sorcerer, and a lot of the people thought he had the great power of God because of that. And this man was called Simon. And Simon... Uh, truly had the people there astonished for the works that he did. He used because he used to be a sorcerer. So uh, it, the Bible says that he uh, believed in what Philip and Peter were saying. He accepted the message, but at some point in time, he saw them with their laying on of hands and folks receiving the Holy Ghost. And in his mind, he thought, "Wow, this is amazing." This, uh, if I could, if I could have this ability, how great will that be? How great, more great would I be, right? So, uh, so in chapter twenty, it says, "But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money, and it can't be. It can't be purchased with money. This is a free gift from God. God paid for it at Calvary." He, he, went down, he went down through that crucifixion, and he died for our sins, and he, and he come back up. That was a cost paid for, his, for the grace given to us, and we can receive that gift of the Holy Ghost. There's not an amount of money that you, can, that you can try and give or pay for to get that Holy Ghost. It comes freely from God because he is alive and real. He is alive and real, and it comes freely from him. Now, of course, uh, every, everybody loves something for free uh, a few weeks ago it was mentioned at work about the publisher's clearinghouse and how they give away uh seven thousand dollars a week for life you sign up for it it's uh, apparently not anything you have to pay for uh you just sign up for it and there's all kind of different little things but this one in particular they were talking about how oh, i'd be gone you know seven thousand a week for life i'd be gone and naturally thinking that'd be a great deal here in a human life it would help. It would help a lot of folks out greatly to have seven thousand dollars a week. I mean, you just worry. Talk about worries completely gone as far as money goes. There's other issues that would that affect. I don't think money is going to take a, uh, take care of a lot of things. But just you know, just for the sake of, uh, of talking about the publisher's clearinghouse, giving that money would take care of a lot of your wants, of a lot of your needs and desires. It would take care of that. But you know what? That ends when you die. You don't, it, you don't you don't take that with you. So then what after that? If you believe on Jesus and you believe in a life hereafter, that publisher's clearinghouse ain't going to help you. Or if you're someone who's already gained great wealth, okay, that's not going to help you. After you Once you're gone, that that's it. You don't have anything to carry you through unless you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Unless you have acknowledged Him in your life. And if you have, 
That is what will carry you through. That Holy Ghost is what will pick you up and carry you into glory. Glory to the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, When I think about my thought, when I think about the free gift of eternal life, uh, I thought about a movie we watched uh, called um, uh, Bedtime Stories. And they were standing there and he's talking, they're looking at a, I think it was a Lamborghini or some fancy, expensive uh, luxury car. And uh, there was Adam Sandler in there, and I forget who the other guy was. But anyway, Adam Sandler, he was expecting that car because he had a dream or something about it. And he says, uh, uh, this other this other character that was in there, he, he was standing there, he said, you're going to give me that car, ain't you? And he looked, and he's like, and this is just a character just standing there on the street. He wasn't. He wasn't nobody special, but Adam Sandler, he just thought, in his character and in his portrayal, he thought, oh, I'm going to get that car. And he said, for free. And <laughs> that, that, uh, that's, that, that part of that stuff, me, I always get. So anytime I hear for free, I always go, for free. So it, if, you, if anybody's ever seen a movie, you know where I'm coming from. If not, that's just me. Uh, so anytime I hear that, I say, for free. Yes, this is for free, the free gift of eternal life from a Christ Lord, uh, our Savior. So uh, I wanted to read also in Romans chapter 6 and 23, a, a very familiar passage that everyone knows. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There it is again. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. By accepting Him as your Savior, by going down in that water and, and coming back up and walking in a newness of life, you can have, and receiving that gift of the Holy Ghost that will help you in your walk, you can have eternal life. That, like the first part of that scripture says, though, the wages of sin is death. If you want to stay away from that death corruption, ask God into your life. Ask God to come into your heart and ask Him forgiveness of your sins and go down into the water baptism a little bit deeper and come back up a new person. Glory to the name of the Lord. There is danger, church, in not accepting this free gift. There is a real danger in not accepting this free gift uh, of grace today. And we're going to read that in John 12. And 48, John 12 and 48, my little helper uh, notes that I put in my Bible always slip out, and that's what takes me a minute to change. Praise the name of the Lord. But there is, there is a danger in, in not accepting because... Christ is real, whether or not whether or not all hear the the word of God, whether or not all accept it and believe it. Uh, there's too much. There's too much uh, things that's happened and transpired to know that God's real. I mean, He's real. He, he's real as real can be, and regard, regardless if we accept it or not, He will come again. And so, in John twelve and forty eight. One more page. John 12, 4, it reads like this. He who rejects me, O Lord, 
and does not receive my words has that which judges him. Everybody knows Jesus is he's the judge. He's the, he's the ultimate judge. Not us, not us as human beings. God is the ultimate judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Last time I checked, this looks like this is the word of God right here. This is the word. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him, that the word I have spoken will judge him in the last day. So that is that is the the uh the gist of it is that God is real, his judgment is real, and I don't know about you, church, but I fear the Lord and believe in him enough that I have accepted I have accepted him and I've asked him forgiveness of my sins and went down in that water to be baptized. Glory to his name because I know he is real. I know he's coming back one day and I want as many people to go to heaven with me as possible because it's a free gift, the eternal life. It, it won't be just you, you pass on and that's it, no more. We'll all be in glory together just for accepting that free gift of eternal life that he's paid for. It's already been paid for. We don't have to, we don't have to worry about trying to come up with some kind of monetary amount or living some kind of uh, life that is unlivable. It's all livable through Christ. It's so livable through Christ. So I praise the name of the Lord today. I thank you for your attention. I definitely hope and pray that I have brought it forth in a manner that is understanding uh, uh, to to you this morning because it, God's word is real. It's true, and it it, it, it it's not going to be changed. My plans may change on a daily basis. It did just uh, Friday night. There was um, apparently some accident on the interstate. So my normal plan of going straight up 24 West got changed. I went on 41A. So my plan may change from day to day, but there's one plan I can't change. I can't leave out one part of what I read. It was a Bible. Then Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your attention today.